Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Cairns Road. I wanted to extend that very well, warm welcome to that Jenny said earlier on. I want to apologize for my voice. And uh, normally I'm louder and less uh, croakier than this, but I'm determined to share a few thoughts and some reflections above all just um, sang tonight. Um, I just want to say a big thank you to Jenny and to Aaron and the orchestra for the tremendous work that they've put into this and for the way that they've been treating us tonight. So thank you guys. Um, but also we've been treated by some wonderful truths from scripture and from the songs that we have sang. And I just want to give us this opportunity to reflect together at something that we have already sang. Advent is a special time when we carve out some thinking and some preparation time to prepare for Christmas. And one of the things that we do, and in this church as well, is that we've got this Advent Sundays where we start singing carols, thinking and preparing ourselves for the big Christmas day. And in those carols, there is this kind of mark of long expectation of the birth of Jesus. The one who is promised, and the one who has been promised to return again. It's a very wonderful thing for us to do as Christians, because we don't, do, we don't sing carols just for the sake of nostalgia. But we join hearts and voices with the, thought, with the songs that have been sang through the generations with their solemnity, but also with wonder. So today I want us to reflect a little bit on a banging tune, an oldie but goldie. We sang in the beginning of the service, O come, o come Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel, that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. And as we sang that song, we expressed a, a beckoning. Come, come and be with us, Lord. And it's amazing that we're able to do that because actually in our longing, there is hope. In our longing, there is hope. And this hope is a person. And this person is called Emmanuel. God with us, God that draws near us, God that is beside us. Just wanted to share a few thoughts on the history of the song. Um, maybe for some of you, you are very familiar with it, but I just wanted to remind us all. Um, it was translated from Latin in 1851 by an Anglican victor, vicar by the name of John Neal. But initially, or originally, it was taken from Latin. And actually, it was a Latin chant 
that so far is documented in the British Museum from the 11th century. But um, the origin of it is much older than that. Even the people are talking about the year 800 or so. And the way the song it was sang was actually seven separate stanzas. And each, song, each stanza was chanted in every evening prayer. And this happened between the 17th till the 23rd of December. One stanza per evening. And it was John Neal actually who compiled it as a whole song and added the refrain. So it is fair to say that this is one of the oldest Christian prayers. And it is referred as an antiphon or the O antiphon, the greater antiphon, the seven O's, because actually each stanza has got a title about who Jesus is. I'm going to say them in Latin, and then I'm going to say them in English. I don't know this by heart. But it's the, the first stanza starts with O sapentia, O wisdom. The second stanza is O Adonai, Lord Almighty. The third stanza is O Radixum, Jesse, shoot of Jesse. O Clavis David, the fourth stanza, key of David. O Orient, this kind of, this dawn, this, this powerful dawn that comes. O Rex Gentium, which is king of the Gentiles. O Emmanuel, O God with us. So it's a very structured carol. Each of the seven stanzas address the Messiah by one of his titles, praising the coming Savior, praising the God who is with us, but in the same time, acknowledging that each of those names is a fulfilled prophecy of the Old Testament. And on the basis of that reality, using this as an opportunity to long and to pray and to draw closer to him. O come, true branch of Jesse, free your children from this tyranny. From depths of hell, you people save, to rise victorious from the grave. O come, bright day star, come and cheer our spirits by your advent here. Dispel the long night's lingering gloom and pierce the shadows of the tomb. And I realize that we've sang only the four stanzas, but in one sense, there is this element, as I said earlier on, of this fulfilled prophecy that Christ is the Emmanuel. Christ is the one who is God with us. And again, this is not just figurative. This is not just... A, something that we happen to, to, to say about Jesus, but is, is real, is literal, it's unique, because actually the relationship that was disturbed and, and the harmony of that relationship that was broken in the Garden of Eden now is given the opportunity to be restored. Why? Because in Jesus, God is with us.
So there is an opportunity here that if God is with us, then we can have a relationship with him. And I dare ask you tonight, how is your relationship with this God who is with us? Do you have one? And perhaps you're not here by accident to, to, to be reminded that you are in the position for this God who came down to earth to, 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 to have this relationship. Perhaps you sense that you can identify with the first stanza, the lonely exile and captives like Israelites, when actually they really knew that they were under captivity, but they also knew that they were not meant to be there. Perhaps you see that there is so much tyranny of evil in the world today to the point that it paralyzes you and it's so overwhelming. Perhaps you spend too much time, like me, listening to news when there is a lingering gloom, which is not helpful. And yet, you come to a carol service and you've sang a song together with me, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And this carol challenges us to have this anticipation with great longing and expectation for the one and only Emmanuel, God with us. This just in a little baby. Why? Because that's how God chose to show his love for us in choosing to become one of us in the incarnation, in one becoming one of us. This mysterious miracle at the heart of historic Christianity is central to the New Testament witnesses. Now, we know that Jews should ever come to such belief is, is amazing. Eight of the nine New Testament writers, these were Jesus' original disciples, were Jews. They were drilled in the Jewish axiom that there is only one God and there is no human that is divine until they meet with Emmanuel. Until they come to the presence of Jesus who is God with us. Until they sit under his teaching. Until they see that actually these miracles that he's doing, who else can, can do them other than somebody who is from God? Until they see that this love is so vast that it's taking him to the cross. Until they see that actually is not going to finish with the death, but the story of resurrection is a story of new life. This is what the Emmanuel offers when he says, God is with us. And being on that receiving end of who Jesus is, they all come to the conclusion and they teach that Jesus is God's Messiah, the spirit anointed son of David, promised in the Old Testament, fulfilled now 
in Jesus Christ, Christos. And they see him, that he's a prophet, he's a priest, he's a king. They see him, he's a teacher, he's a sin bearer, he's a ruler. And coming to that place of recognizing that actually this God with us is amazing. There is that push, there is that challenge, that there is that encouragement. But no matter what happens in our response, the challenge, the invitation is for us to rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus shall come, will come, is here with you. And as we sing the refrain after every stanza, we need to recognize that the refrain wasn't there when it was written originally. It was John Neal who put it there. And it becomes more deeper and more powerful every time it sang. And the last stanza of the carol, Remember, we've sent only four tonight. O come, desire of nations, bind in one the hearts of all mankind. How much do we need this? Bid thou our sad division cease, and be thyself our king of peace. An invitation, a longing is given to this desire of nations this desire of nations jesus with a specific request to unite the hearts of all mankind to one another emmanuel the one we have our hope in is anticipated by all nations he is the one who can bid us sad divisions cease he is the one who can be our Prince of Peace, King of Peace. So as we anticipate his coming, today even, we are asked to rejoice. Rejoice in the midst of a pandemic. Rejoice in the midst of economic challenge. Rejoice in the midst of racial division. Our hope and great gladness can only be found in Emmanuel. God who is with us and shall be with us until the end of the earth. Rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel shall come to you, O Israel. Why? Because this Emmanuel has proved himself to be trustworthy. One last thing about the carol, and I'm going to finish here. According to a prophet, of uh, San Francisco Conservatory of Music, the monks who arrange these chants called antiphons, they had a, def a definite um, purpose. In literature, it's called reverse acronym. You take the first letter starting and you go upwards. So remember, I mentioned you all those names in Latin earlier on. And if we were to go backwards, 
E for Emmanuel, R for Rex, Orient for O, it's Ero. And then we've got Clavis, C, Radix, R, Adonai, A, and Serpentia is Cross. Ero, Cross. The Latin word means tomorrow I will come. Therefore, the Lord Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, whose coming we have prepared for in this Advent, and if, if, in whom we have addressed these seven messianic titles, now speaks to us. Now speaks to you for tonight, for tomorrow, for the coming year. Tomorrow I will come. So the O antiphons not only bring us to this intensity of Advent preparation and longing, but also it brings us to a joyful conclusion. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to you, O Israel. God bless you.